Hello, everyone, and welcome to season four of Crave Arts Presents The Future of Film, featuring intimate interviews with the best emerging filmmakers from around the world. My name is Tom Oliva, and I am co-founder and executive director of Crave Arts and the All-American High School Film Festival, dedicated to discovering, showcasing, and uniting the next generation of visual storytellers and content creators. In October of 2022, we celebrated our 10th annual festival. 10 years in and our community is thriving. A testament to the power of believing in the arts and the emerging artists that share their stories with us. The collective spirit of our organization, our community, and all of our year-round initiatives is rooted in a shared passion. A passion to breathe life into stories, to collaborate with others who share your vision, and to create content at the highest level. Content with the ability to move viewers emotionally, to inspire with unprecedented style and craft, and to impact real change. Some quick updates from the All-American Bulletin Board as we gear up for our 11th annual festival in New York City. Our 2023 festival will take place this October 20th to 22nd in New York City, and submissions are open via Film Freeway with the final deadline on July 3rd. Head over to hsfilmfest.com to get the latest news and updates about the 2023 festival. You can sh- you can save, you can shave or save. You can save on early bird tickets, book your discounted rooms at the Sheridan Times Square Hotel, and check out our downloadable 2023 budget guide, planning guides and posters because it's never too early to begin planning your All-American adventure. A friendly reminder that we are offering a new custom category this year, your chance to make an original music video for one of four songs by AWOL Records artist MXM Tune. More information at hsfilmfest.com slash custom dash categories. And if you plan on attending the fest in New York City, we highly recommend competing in one of our film invitational competitions. The world's premier on-site student filmmaking competitions in New York City from October 18th to 20th. We offer a variety of authentic real-world production experiences for student filmmakers and video production programs. Your chance to crew up and produce a short film in just 10 weeks. Registration is currently open at hsfilmfest.com. I am beyond excited to speak with today's guest, alumni from 2020, Kai Tamazawa. I feel like this reunion was a long time in the making, and it's definitely a conversation I've been looking forward to for years. In part because we were so impressed by Kai's talent. In part because Kai submitted her film during our virtual year, but mostly because I simply had to meet this seemingly limitless creator, an individual I was certain would be as delightful and engaging as her creative output. Kai submitted her hilarious and heartfelt comedy, No Fan of Andy, in 2020, and won Best Comedy in one of our most competitive years ever for the category. She joins our list of first-time submitters who seem to come out of nowhere with an unparalleled level of skill. How was this the first film she ever shared with us? How could her skills be so elevated, her instincts so sharp, with such a small sampling of work? I mean, she wrote, directed, and edited the film. And oh yeah, she stars in it as well. We were blown away by her eye for style, storytelling, and the kind of overall sophistication that quality comedy requires. Needless to say, we were honored to celebrate and share her gifts with the world. But despite my praise, Kai might be surprised to know just how far her film has traveled and just how big an impact it has had on the future of film. No Fan of Andy has been a staple of our roadshow presentations all over the world, and a valuable addition to many of our lesson plans as well. Why? Because No Fan of Andy does everything well. It is instantly and consistently entertaining, 
playfully manipulating the viewer's emotions with every plot point and twist while revealing a theme rooted in self-inspection and ultimately regret. Kai has a gift for details and dialogue, her attention to clever timing and wit providing ample fuel for a believable bigger picture. And the story arc soars, taking advantage of every second of the seven minute runtime to reveal a very real dynamic of a friendship teetering on collapse and cloaked in enough humor to mute the stark subtext. We laugh, we definitely laugh, but we also feel something bigger and we can't help but internalize the pieces of the characters that we see in ourselves. This is a story about friendship and fear, a deep and serious fear of losing a friendship that goes back to childhood. It's about the fear of change and the adaptations that are necessary in any successful relationship. Comedy just happens to be the perfect vehicle for exploring such universal truths. I pretty much have this wonderful film memorized, and I can definitely say that I am a fan of Kai Tamazawa. I am honored to be joined by you today, Kai. Hey, how are you? Hi, I'm great, Tom. Oh my gosh, my heart is so full right now. I, I had no idea about, I don't know, the impact that it's made on you and, and how you felt about that film that I made so long ago. Um, thank you so much for such a wonderful introduction. It is absolutely my pleasure. Uh, I've seen your film so many times that I literally do have it memorized. Yeah. I can see every individual scene, every beat coming. And I love watching the audience as they watch your film because I know what's coming and they don't. Um, and they're delighted every time. So thank you for sharing such a wonderful piece of art with us, such a wonderful piece of storytelling. But before we start talking, um, we're going to get the conversation flowing with a little segment we call Personal Portrait. In this quick reply exercise, I'll ask a question and you just say the first awkward thing that comes to mind. Wonderful. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. Um, what is your most used emoji? Ooh, probably the heart eyes. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Are, are, I don't even know. Like, are emojis cool? Like, my, my kids are in high school and they'd be like, Dad, no, stop. Emojis aren't cool anymore. It's all about the, like, semicolons and the the parentheses. All right. Well, like, you'll have to get me up to too, speed. It's a little too eager. Got it. I don't want to be too eager. I, I'm a little over caffeinated right now. So I'm already kind of eager. I, I won't emoji right now. Okay. No emojis. Um, what is your favorite type of sandwich? Oh my gosh. I've been eating this um, like barbecue chicken sandwich from the dining hall. And I don't know if it's my favorite, but I definitely keep going back to it. It's your go-to. Okay. Yeah, it's my go-to. What is your go-to karaoke anthem? Oh my gosh. I think anything by Amy Winehouse. I'll just want to, I just want to belt things out. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Um, what is the weirdest thing that you have in the room with you right now? Huh. Okay. I, can I go get it? Yes. Oh, please. Okay. Please. One second. So Kai was just telling me that she is on her way out of her dorm. Uh, at NYU, uh, which is why it's I kind of empty there. Oh, 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 here we go. I, I got love these. It. I don't know where I got them from. They were like $5. They don't play music. They serve no function, but I love them. They go really great with your new haircut, which I was uh, already complimenting before we started. Um, <laughs> I love you. it. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. You know, they serve a function of making you happy. They right? make me happy. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, okay, next. What bucket list item do you most want to check off in the next six months? Ooh, I think I want to, I want to make something big now. I mean, it's, it's one of those, it's been a strange couple of years where I've taken a step back. I've been absorbing and trying to write and read and do everything that I can, but I'm, I'm working on some really cool projects that I'm excited to make. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to talk about that. A little more serious now. Yeah. Film school. Yes. I'm at film school. I'm at NYU Tisch. Um, it's been a really amazing first year. So I'm in my first year. Um, I just had my last class yesterday. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I feel incredibly grateful and privileged to be able to go 
to NYU. Um, but what I would want to say about it is that I think anywhere that I did go, I would be just wanting to absorb everything that I can, wanting to push myself, finding those, um, finding pockets of community. Um, and that's what I'm, I think I'm most proud of this year is finding people that I, I really want. I'm really wanting to work with in the future. That's awesome. And I love that we can hear like <clears throat> a car horn or two in the background. Oh, it's yeah. actually an asset. It's an asset to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the most important thing a film can do? I think make you realize something about yourself, maybe something not so pretty about yourself. Yeah. Great. And finally, All-American High School Film Festival. Oh my gosh. Just a blessing, like something that I wish I could have taken more advantage of had I been in a year that I could have come to see it. Um, but something that I think I'll, I'm going to be a part of for a long time. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you're a part of it right now, mm -hmm. um, giving back to our community, um, helping us understand your experiences, providing insights about those experiences, what motivates you, all of that. And with that said, let's dive a bit deeper into all things Kai Tamazawa. Am I saying that right, Tamazawa? It's, it's a beautiful name. To be honest, I don't speak Japanese. And so if I did, I would be able to say it perfectly. But what I would say when I was younger is I would point at my feet. I would say, Tomizawa. So that's, Tomizawa. that's closer. That's it. Oh, that's much better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Um, so it's so wonderful to reconnect with you today. Um, we kind of already hinted at this, but where are you currently and what are you up to as it relates to film? I'm in New York City. Um, I Let's see, what am I up to in, in regards to film? I'm in film school. I'm in my first year, or I've just finished up my first year. I'm working on some final projects. I um, Today I'm going to turn in a, um, a small audio film about a monster under the bed. What is an audio film? An audio film. Okay, so it's not really a film. It's from a class um, just about all things sound, trying to tell a story just with sounds and and foley and, and all that good stuff. Um, and I wanted to create something that's like a full immersive strange. I love the strangeness of like, of just everyday reality. And so, and going into like my childhood nightmares. Um, I wanted to tell a story about a monster under the bed, dragging someone down and wanting them to remain a child. Very cool. And there's dialogue in this as well. There I is assume. dialogue in this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. I really would love to see that, hear that, hear that, I guess. Um, yeah. Very cool. Um, where are you from? I'm from Portland, Oregon. So West Coast. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. that's a big, big jump for you to go to New York and, and to be at NYU. And it's, uh, you know, obviously a very busy city, probably a, a pretty intense program. Um, what made you decide that film school was the right choice for you? That's a really good question. Um, I actually took a gap year because I wasn't sure. Um, I took a gap year for a number of reasons. I think had the pandemic not happened, I might not have taken one. Um, but I, I didn't really know. I think I wanted, hmm, I'm gonna start that again. I, I didn't really know, but when I made No Fan of Andy, I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, I'm not saying that to try to be humble. Like I, I would set up the camera and run in front of it and, and try to figure it out. A lot of it came together in the edit. I mean, as everything does, but this, especially, um, I didn't know what I wanted it to be until it was done. And so I thought that if I had the opportunity to attend a school where I could build things a little bit from the ground up and, and meet a lot of amazing people. I mean, I didn't go, I didn't go to an arts high school. Um, I don't even think we had a film program. I, I just wanted to take that, take advantage of um, getting to learn how to do things the right way, I mean, the right way um, and getting to meet people. It's, it's amazing to me that you made such an awesome film and you didn't know what you were doing. Obviously, there's a lot of instinct involved, a lot of talent involved. Um, but I think you're not trying to be humble, but I think you nat are naturally humble in the fact that you're willing to admit that and willing to say, like, I went to film school because I wanted to grow. Um, yeah. And that's amazing. Why NYU? I mean, obviously, its reputation precedes it, but 
why did you decide on on a school you know that you know has such a reputation and probably a lot of pressure that comes along with it mm. I think the city is a big reason um I just I own my gap year I got to stay in New York for a couple months and just fell in love with being able to walk everywhere, being able to take the subway. I can't drive. I don't I think I would, I would, uh, flounder in LA. Um, but that's a big reason. What else? I mean, it's, it's an incredible program. Um, but, hmm. Well, then I want to think about this for a second. I feel like I'm not giving a very good answer. Oh, you're doing just fine. I want to I want to ask, what is it like being yeah. a freshman at NYU? I mean, I imagine a lot of, uh, you know, other high school students listening or classes listening, you know, with their teacher in school. They kind of are like, I can't even imagine what it was, what it is like to be a freshman at NYU studying film. What is it like? It's definitely overwhelming. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I think I had a huge learning curve this year with jumping into the deep end, wanting to do everything. Like I was, I started to just get on sets every weekend and then I crashed um, that first semester. And um, I had this experience where I couldn't turn in like this huge essay. And my teacher was saying like, you might not pass this class if you don't do this. And it was, it was really scary. Um, so if I had any, and I, I got through that experience, I came out alive, it's all okay. But um if I had any advice about the first year, it's just don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, it'll be here. Like these opportunities will be here. Um, the people around you will be here. You're going to learn and grow with them. And you don't have to try to prove yourself as like, um, you don't have to try to stand out so much that it's going to make you collapse inside. Um, <clears throat> like maybe you can't do it all. You, you, you want do to it do all. it all. Yeah. I think that's something that I'm realizing. It's one of those things about, about becoming an adult a little bit <laughs> about just that I can't, I can't be everything that I, I want to be. And that's okay. Um, I have time and, and I can, uh, sometimes taking a step back means that I'll be able to continue to move forward. Yeah. And I, I think maybe a little bit of that is like being your best self in what you are doing yeah. as opposed to spreading yourself so thin that it's only little pieces of, of you contributing to those experiences, you know, like, yeah do, you know, pick your, pick your battles, take small bites and give them everything you've got kind of thing. That's perfect. Yeah. You put it so well. I agree completely. Just it, there's a value in being able to choose something and dig really deep. And maybe you'll find yeah. something that find something magical in there that you didn't even know you would find in that experience. Um, yeah. So can you tell me about a, a specific class or an assignment or both um, something from your freshman year at NYU that really stands out um, as making an impact on you? Sure. Um, I'll talk about a specific assignment from the same class that I mentioned. This um, It's called Sound Image. Um, I had this story that I was thinking about for a long time based on reality. Basically, my mom, before I entered my first year, decided to teach me DIY self-defense. And this meant... <laughs> having a big, a giant, one of those giant foam rollers that you use for your back. I would run at it and just attack it. We would run at it and claw into it over and over again. We would take the, um, the plastic face mask that she would use um, to rejuvenate her skin and claw its eyes out. Um, I thought there was something so funny about I don't know why this. I'm smiling, but I no, am because I know. this is but crazy. This, yeah. Like I maybe this is why no fan of Andy connected with you. Like it's just the, yeah. the kind of strange macabre stuff that I think says something about us. Um yeah. I thought there was something so something so funny about these uh like these like relaxing items to keep women young, but we're trying to do this kind of for our survival. I mean it's funny, it's not. Um but she was so sure that she's like, you're going to be murdered on the subway if you don't know how to claw a man's eyes out. And so we would practice over and over again um, with that. And so I turned that experience into a story that um, the assignment was to create a sound piece that was using only only um, our mouths and our hands. And so it was me in the microphone, like, uh, going like... <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot. This is a podcast. I'm sure people are going to love this. It's going, 
<laughs> you know, um, like <laughs> just the sounds of eyes and the sounds of, of running and all of these things. Um, yeah, I just, I thought it was so, uh, it was very cathartic to make that. Mm. Yeah. And has your mom heard this? No, I have to send it to her. Oh, yeah. you have to send it I to know. her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I want to know what her response to it is. Was there any like, you know, stabbing of fruit or anything involved to help make it realistic when you were <laughs> gouging out eyes? No. Well, we had to only use our own, our own sounds that came oh. from our mouths. Um, but I would have, I really would have. I would have like popped some grapes into my mouth. That... That is an awesome anecdote from your freshman year experience at NYU. Um, one that I was not expecting, uh, but one that I am <laughs> delighted to now know. You know, I have to say I have two sons. Um, and if they were heading off to a big city, you know, for their education, I don't know if that would have been my first instinct is to teach them self-defense. But if I had a daughter, absolutely. Um, yeah. And you know what? I think your mom sort of, you know, that was her way of dealing with you sort of taking a huge leap in your life. And it's kind of awesome. Um, I think so. But the, but the fact that you have the ability to translate that into a theme, you know, mm -hmm. into this idea of everyday objects being transformed into something beyond themselves is so Kai. I have to <sighs> say, it's like that it's, it's, it's no fan of Andy part two or something. Mm. I, um, you have a, you. a distinct style. It's starting to emerge because I have to say, I was a little nervous about talking with you today because I had such a limited sample of who you are and what you do. It's an awesome sample, but there was so much to learn that I was afraid maybe I wouldn't like find the right path. I, I feel like we've already found it because that is just an awesome thing. Um, anything else that like folks should know about going to school in a big city across the country um, going to NYU, like any other insights about just like that huge leap or, or was it a huge, is it a huge leap for you or are you still sort of overwhelmed by it or did you find your, your vibe? I think I found my group. Um, finally it took a little and while. And how, how? Um, you know what? I think when I first came here, I was so determined to be, to just have it all under control. I was, I mean, my mom and my sister flew me in and helped me unpack. And when they left, I, and I regret this. I remember just being like, okay, bye. Mm. Have a good flight. You know, like I'm going to be great here. Um, and it wasn't until a little while later that I realized, oh my gosh, I need them so much. I've called them so much. And I'm, I'm so lucky to have a, a relationship with my family where I, where they're, in full support of me, I can just call them and tell them whatever. Um, but yeah, I would say don't, don't put on that persona of like trying to be the cool New Yorker. If you're, you know, if you're moving to New York or whatever. Um, but I, I would just be like, yeah, come on. We don't, we don't stop in the street. Like we keep walking. Like, right, <laughs> right, right. We, um, yeah, I think it's, you, you have to display this vulnerability sometimes to, to get past it. Uh, you're not going to be able to, to grow and to be able to survive really. Um, unless you admit that, that you're having a hard time sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really valuable advice. Um, it's funny. I always like talk to my own kids. I don't know why I'm talking about my kids so much, um, no. but I yeah. always talk to my own kids when we go to New York, cause I live like 45 minutes an hour outside of the city. So mm -hmm. we go fairly often, but they're not New Yorkers. And mm -hmm. Obviously, I have the experience of the festival every year and seeing people come in from all over. And the first thing that anyone who comes to New York wants to do is be a New York, right? You want right. to you want to act like you belong, right? And a lot of that is like, like you just said, like strutting down the street. Like, I don't stop. I don't pay attention. I'm just in this. I don't look this. up. I've, right. I don't, I, yeah. But like the reality is real New Yorkers are constantly vigilant. Like yes. they are super aware of their surroundings yeah. and super aware of sort of the dangers that are present. Not like it's super dangerous. It isn't if you're alert. Right. But like this whole like persona that people put on, like I'm a New Yorker and like, I get it because it's an intoxicating city in that way. Mm -hmm. Right. You, you feel this energy and, and you want to be a part of that so bad, but it's really humble of you to, to, 
talk about your experience that way. And I think really valuable for a lot of people that are listening. I want to go all the way back now and discuss the experiences that got you to this point. When did you, because you submitted no fan of Andy. We had never heard of you. It wasn't like you you hadn't submitted anything before that. No, no. Right. So it was like, there wasn't like a, you know, Oh, here's a film. Like she's a sophomore in high school. She's warming up. You know, I can see the talent, but like, let's see what she makes next year. No, it was just boom. Here's this awesome example, this, this body of work, this one thing. When did you first start making movies and why? Well, I first started in theater. Um, that was my first love. I, I mean, I guess you can tell that, you know, I acted in my, in my thing. Um, and it wasn't until I was, sorry, there's a lot of construction going on. Oh no, it's okay. Um, it's fine. We can hear you just fine. Okay. It wasn't until I was in my freshman year of high school that I, I took a step back from acting and I wanted to continue to make stuff and not have to wait to be cast. Um, I, one part of it was finding that, um, I mean, I grew up in a really white town, in a really white city. Um, and there was an experience where I wanted to audition for something so badly. And I was told like, no, we're kind of going for like a, an all white, like a, an all white family here. And, um, and even though, you know, I knew that things were going to change, I just, I didn't want to have to wait to be cast in things that I thought weren't written for me. And so I thought I would write something. I was just going to write a little thing, cast myself and my sister in it, and it was not going to be anything. And um, that was, it was a, a silent film about two sisters and a leech, a pet leech. And I, I have, I have some fascination with small animals. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with me um, because I keep, I keep killing them off. But um, I mean, did you have a lot of pets growing <laughs> up or this is just, I did. I, did. I mean, I had, okay. here, I'll get back on track for a second. If you I'll, weren't an actress or a filmmaker, <laughs> you'd be a veterinarian. Is that maybe, I mean, I don't know if I'd keep them alive, but I, I had some birds and I, and they flew away and they, they got killed by cats. Oh God. Whatever. Anyway, okay. Okay. I made this with my It's sister. all coming together, Kai. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I didn't know you at all. Now I don't want to know you. Right. Um, I, I cast my sister and myself in it. It was just really fun. And um, I submitted it to a silent film festival and pe- and it, it went somewhere and people were like, this is really cool. Like you can keep doing this. And I was like, okay, I, I will. Um, and so I, I made more like really small things. I didn't even call them films. I didn't think that as an art, I thought of it as a means to an end. Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make a little thing and it's a way to act and it's gonna be, that's gonna be what it is. Um, no Fan of Andy was my first ever film that I made with dialogue. And, um, I cast myself and one of my best friends who I had acted with in it. And, um, and I, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere really. I mean, that, that's not entirely true. I, I did know that there were, there were film festival submissions. And I think that was very helpful for me to have a deadline in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I say that, you know, all American is like just such a blessing to have. Um, but I didn't think it was going to go anywhere until it did. So that was really amazing. I'm so impressed that you were able to invent a place where you were accepted Mm -hmm. um, to survive as an artist. You you literally said, well, this avenue is closed. I'm going to pave a new road for myself and I'm going to continue to do this thing that I feel inside of me. Um, A lot of people would have quit or a lot Mm -hmm. of people would have been dejected, you know, by sort of not having a place where they immediately fit in. Um, and, and I commend you for just kind of continuing to pursue your passion. Um, even though it, it must not have been easy to sort of face that. I mean, it's discrimination, right. To, to, to face that. Um, and, and obviously the, the the world, the industry is changing and and we're all grateful for that. And we're all getting to see some amazing art because of that. Um, but it doesn't mean that it is changing overnight. And it doesn't mean that, you know, life was easy for you as an artist in a mostly white community. I mean, that, that, man, that's, that's a lot to, to have to overcome. Um, and, yeah. and to just sort of chip away at it. And, and we might as well just start talking about no fan of Andy, because you keep saying things that are like, what, you'd never written a film with dialogue. And yet the dialogue <laughs> shines in the film. Thank so, you. 
you came out of nowhere in 2020 with this film. Yes. Um, you made it before the pandemic. Yes, I'm assuming. right before the pandemic. Yeah, the summer which before. Is, which is good because mm-hmm. obviously that would have impacted things further. Um, you had never made a movie on that level before. Never, no. And I, I didn't even know how, how big, not in terms of perception, but how big I wanted it to be. Um, I think at first it was just going to be like a little skit. I was like, maybe I'll just, it's going to be a little sketch. Um, and then it kept getting bigger. And then I did my first part of recording. Um, and then I went back and I was like, Oh, I don't like this. I'm going to, I'm going to add a whole other plot line. <laughs> like I'm going to add this. I didn't do it at all in, um, uh, what's it called in the standard way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm really grateful for that. I think it, it, it's a little, a little tapestry. Well, it's certainly a learning experience when you yes. don't do it in the standard way. And I'm, yes. I, I'm intrigued on so many levels. You didn't have a film program, or if you did, you weren't part of it. You were just like, I like to tell stories. This is a medium for telling stories. So I'm going to go with this. How did you even like know how to use a camera or how to get the audio? Because it's a pretty flawless film. I mean, it, Thank you. Pr- production wise, it's on a high level. How did you learn all that stuff on your own? Yeah, well, I'm really lucky. I come from a very creative family. And when I was growing up, my dad would do little home videos. I mean, I used his his camera. He has a Canon. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was just, it was from that. It was from what my dad knew how to do. Like he, he would take, he took my headshots and stuff. Um, and I, you know, I played around with, with ISO and I was like, oh, this makes it a little darker. This makes it lighter. Got it a lot of YouTube videos. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm so grateful for the immense amount of, of content there is trying to teach young people how to work a camera, how to work um, a microphone. Um, but another thing I did was I, I was able to find those people in my school um, who were maybe writing poetry in the hallway, who were in, in theater and wanted to be a bit behind the scenes. And I reached out to them and I was like, do you want to work on this with me? Do you want to, like, we'll learn this together. We can learn how to work a microphone together. Um, and you know, it'll just, we'll, we'll take a weekend. We'll knock this out. And then I kept calling them back and they were like, this isn't what I signed up for. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just, just building a little bit of a community if it's not already there for you was, um, exactly what I needed to make this. That's awesome. What inspired this story? And I, I'm, I'm hesitant to talk too much about the story because I think a lot of the fun of it is being surprised um, mm-hmm. because it's full of surprises. So, for example, I was going to say something about the, in, the exposition of the film and the initial scene with the man in a certain place. Um, and you have a problem. Your character, Rain, has a problem and, and she's trying to get him to help. But I really can't say anything more about him and this place where he is because <laughs> it would sort of ruin the, the big twist at the end, which is insanely smart. Um, Thank you. Sure. What inspired I mean, this story? Yeah. I can, and me. I can talk about it without any spoilers. Um, what inspired it? To be perfectly honest, um, I had had this intense friendship with this girl, um, for about a year. And I kind of fell in love with her. And then our friendship fell apart and I was crushed. That's where it came from. It came from that, that place of just, I needed to sort this out. Um, and I guess that's what, where, you know, you, you talk about the, the bird and the man and the, all, all the silly stuff. There's so much silly stuff, but underneath was, was, someone who was just like trying to, trying to sort out, um, you know, like what was wrong with me? Like what, what was wrong with me? Do I, am I just so intensely possessive of this person? Like, and, and figuring out, yeah, you know, there's, there's, uh, that's what I talk about when I talk about how, how films can teach you something about yourself that isn't always pretty. I wanted to explore that in this. Um, and sure. I mean, I, I grew up with birds, <laughs> I grew up with birds. One, one time I was, I was walking by the bird cage. It was unlatched and the bird flew away. Never saw him again. Never saw him. I carry that guilt with me, Tom. Um, but yeah, I mean, really the heart of it came from, came from a friendship that, that went sour. Um, and I think that that is, yeah, no, go on. And you taking a hard look at yourself and, and that sort of need in any relationship to let 
the other person breathe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that's, it's hard for all of us. I mean, it's, but then why comedy? Because I mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, also that it's the perfect vehicle for this story because an attentive viewer, an active viewer is going to immediately see this bigger thing that you're really talking about. And yet we're going to enjoy the comedy along the way. And then after the film sort of process, sort of the, the, the deeper emotions, you know, that, that part of all of us that has been through something similar to, to what you went through. Why comedy? What, like, when did you make that decision along the way? Mm, I don't think it was going to ever be anything else. I had never done anything else, but comedy. Um, that's, I mean, that's your thing. That's my thing. I, and maybe it's not, I mean, it, it doesn't always have to be. Um, mm-hmm. but up until that point, that's how I dealt with things. Um, I was always kind of the jokester. I would, I would, that's how I was able to work through things. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, not to psychoanalyze myself in my film, but, um, I think that was what was important to me. Also, it's just, that's what I enjoy. That's what I love. Yeah. Um, I love watching something and laughing. I think that, um, it's so, it's so much easier to do things like that, to be able to do, as you said, to be able to watch it, to go along with the story. And then afterwards to be able to think about it. Um, it's like a light, dark humor, Yeah, your style. It's yeah. dark. I mean, when you really think about it, there's like some pretty dark stuff in this film, but it never really feels that way. It's always like a lighthearted approach to like the dark. Yeah. Side. And, and as someone who knew my limits and what I was able to do, I think I didn't want to get too serious like I, and and maybe that's not the best way to go about things because I think um I I totally commend people who are able to like put their heart out on display without any jokes um when they're just starting out but I think I I thought like if I am trying to take this way too seriously and it doesn't work it's going to crash mm-hmm. now that I'm saying this out loud same can go with comedy. <laughs> yeah, it can yeah, crash. Yeah. It can crash and burn. A joke can crash and burn. But I, I think I just that was what that was what was going through my mind anyway. I was like, I'm just I'm gonna go through this. I'm not gonna take it too seriously. It's just gonna be fun. We're gonna have fun on set. I'm gonna work with with this poet I met in the hall, and um, we're gonna make something happen. So this poet you met in the hall helped with the dialogue. <laughs> no, I mean I mostly wrote the dialogue. I think I. Um, I just, I, I found the, the weird kids who wanted to work on things with me. Mm. Well, what was your process? Well, first of all, how long did it take to make this film DIY? So long. So long. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. I think I, we filmed it in the summer in uh, about a week. Um, I didn't have the framing device of the man at that point. It was just a story. And then I went back and I was like, this isn't working. Um, and I, I use what, you know, what probably in film school people would say is a crutch, um, of the voiceover. Um, and that's where I say, you know, like, eh, if it works, it works. <laughs> it, it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went back and I added all that in. I, I, I rethought it. I, I changed, I changed some things in the ending. Um, but I, I always knew how I wanted it to end. I always knew what I wanted to feel. It just took a lot of iterations for me to be able to play it back and for me to be able to say, okay, now I'm feeling what I want to feel. It's amazing to me that all of this just sort of, it was like a spring, you know, Mm. just being released. um, And that you had the discipline to say, well, no, there's actually a better way to tell this story. I can be patient with this. I can add these things in to help shape this. Um, For such a young, inexperienced artist, I mean, that's just amazing for you to have that sense and to be able to have that patience as well. Um, one of the things that I use this film to teach mm-hmm. is one of the most important things young filmmakers neglect, and that's authenticity. I wonder how conscious you were of creating a world that felt authentic. You're smart to write what you know, right? These are young people, um, and you understand their, their emotions. You understand sort of you know the way they go about things. But like getting the details right, the locations, the wardrobe, all of the little details. I mean, I I literally present this to students all over the country and say, this is how you do it. Look at the details in this film. This is what makes this world feel real, because otherwise it's you're not going to connect with it. You're not going to be immersed in the story if it doesn't feel real. So all of the the things like the see-through backpack, the I I mean, I literally pay attention to these things, Kai. I might be like the only person in the world, (laughs) but 
the see-through backpack, the peanut butter, you know, just all of these little aspects, obviously, and I'm hopefully getting people excited to go watch it, the man and what Mm -hmm. he does in his office, creating those worlds and making them feel real. Were you very conscious of that? Was it just something that sort of came naturally to you? Like, oh, obviously I'm going to add details. I think it came out of a necessity. I I shot it in my room and um, it would have taken too long to move everything out. Um, But, and I think I I am saying that a bit flippantly. I think I, I did know that I wanted the, I wanted it to feel like a teenager's bedroom, which is cluttered, which is mm-hmm. in, intense. And I, I showed this to a, I showed this to a, a film teacher later, and he said it's way too cluttered. Like I couldn't, <laughs> it was way too cluttered. And I was like, Have you seen my bedroom? <laughs> it's insane. Um, so I think I knew myself, I knew my friends, and I just I wanted it to feel like that. Every step, I mean, as you're watching the story unfold, every step just seems so thoughtful and cared for. Um, it's one of my favorite things about it. Um, just, Thank you. you know, I'm thinking of all these details, like the, the little radio with the bird calls and the bird seed and all these different things. Um, and obviously one of the greatest lines of dialogue to ever come through All-American in our 11 years, when you call the bird, the bird call. I mean, if you can watch... High schoolers, when I'm presenting around the country, their reaction to that, when that's revealed, and I'm not going to say it, but it's just so (laughs) funny, Kai. I don't know where it came from, but thank you for giving that to the world um, and to giving it to me uh, as a teaching tool. And and we'll just leave that out there for everyone who hasn't seen the film yet. So um, you'd never really made anything on this level. What was maybe the biggest challenge to producing No Fan of Andy? You were 17, I assume? I was 16. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you did commend me for this, but patience. I, that was the biggest challenge. Like Um, you just wanted it to be done. You wanted your vision to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and there is a balance to that because sometimes you, you can just let things be done. I think, um, you know, if I had too much patience, or if I, if I was too focused on letting it be perfect, I would never have finished it. There's things that I watch that I, I cringe at. I hate it when I watch it. I'm like, sure. like, oh gosh, like so many continuity errors, <laughs> first of all, because we had a crew of like five and, and yeah. there was no one paying attention to that. Um, but I knew I, I wasn't focusing on what I wanted it to look at. I wanted it to look perfect. I just knew how I wanted it to feel. And so when I say that, I just, I, it was an iterative process. I kept going through it over and over again until it felt right. Um, that's what I mean. Yeah. What about the, the thing you're most proud of? I, I read in an article while I was stalking you on the mm. Google, um, you were talking to, a, I think, another festival or something, and, and you mentioned that the editing was your favorite part. Um, I wonder, which I can see, especially mm. because, you know, it sort of seems like you got to a point with the film and then had to do a lot of revising to make it actually happen. Um, was the editing what you're most proud of or is there something else? I am proud of the editing. Um, but now and, and, and talking to you, I'd say being able to have that heart in there, that authenticity. Um, there was a lot that I was, I was thinking about as I was making it that I didn't think was going to be in there, but it, this film is such an x-ray. Like it really, it, it's, it's, silly and it's like it's it's all of these things but it is such an x-ray like I watch it and I'm thinking like oh my gosh I was so sad about my friend or I was so scared about my next year of school I was so scared about growing up about losing people um and I'm I'm proud that even though maybe that wasn't intentional that I was able to keep that in that that you're able to find that great answer so was there, were there any experiences, um, you know, beyond sort of what we've already talked about in high school that kind of solidified for you, like, this is what I want to do? I mean, you mentioned taking the gap year. Maybe you were, I don't know, maybe you were uncertain about moving away mm-hmm. more than like, this is what I want to do. But when did you sort of know that, like, obviously you're an actress as well, but it seems like 
although that's always going to be a part of you, that this is sort of your thing now. You're a storyteller first. Mm-hmm. Am I, I right with that? Exactly and, right. and was there a moment? Yeah. It was after I made No Fan of Andy. And um, you're like, and wow, this is cool. Like doing this is yeah, cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was, I, there were maybe two times that I got to see it with an audience, but those times, oh my gosh, like I had no idea the impact that I could make on people. People were coming up to me afterwards and screaming. I mean, yeah. <laughs> people were yelling the, the bird call at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, that's me. Like, <laughs> but oh yeah, it just, it felt amazing. And, and, um, let's see, I, I didn't consider it an art until I, until I made that. And people mm. were going up to me and saying like, you are a filmmaker, like you're an artist. And I was like, no, I, I make silly videos. Like I, right. I do little silly things. Uh, but it was only after that, that I started to think that this is something that I could do. Um, uh, and it, it's more than just like, I love sketches, but I can, I can put my heart into it and expand it and make a world and, um, and I could do something with it. It's so cool that you, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but you don't have any ego about it. And, and that's sort of the downside to what you just described, mm-hmm. that a person can come out of those experiences where people are like, you're really good. This was amazing. And you can be like, yeah, I'm really good. But that's not what you are. What you are and, and what I'm seeing is someone who said, oh, validation. Now I can continue to share experiences with people and bring them something. Right. And mm-hmm. you said that earlier without even sort of connecting the dots to this moment, you said like a film can make people feel or, you know, uh, that's really what you're talking about here. You are, that's your fuel that, that you're making people feel something and that, you, you know, that's something that you enjoy doing. It's really cool that you, there's literally no ego in it at all. And I think a lot of young people would maybe go the wrong path with something like that. And, and, take, have a little too much pride. You're just doing it because that's just what you do. Thank you. And it's so easy to have an ego. And I, I, I disagree. I don't think I have no, e- I mean, no one has no ego, but well, you're proud. You can be proud. I'm, I'm proud. Yeah. And, but I also, I do need to check that sometime. My, my, mm. the pride, because sometimes I'll, I'll be afraid of like, what, what am I going to do? Like, are people going to think, Oh, this was a, she made this thing and now it's, uh, you know. mm-hmm. sure, sure. Um, and I think I have to be okay with that because like, I'm learning, this is what I'm doing in school is I'm just, I'm absorbing, I'm learning, I'm trying to figure out what it is I want to do. Maybe I, maybe I'm not, maybe it's not just comedy. Maybe it's not just birds and leeches. Um, but maybe there's something in it that I think you have found in that film that I can continue to have as a through line. Maybe it's that. It's that hard. It's great that you're able to acknowledge that there will be failures along mm-hmm. the way. And I think, you know, something I, I, I think about a lot is like, is it better? And this is like a, a common thing, but is it better to, to reach the top and fall or to never reach the top at all? You know, because once you know that, then there's that expectation there and, and maybe you won't be able to maintain it. I think just understanding that everything isn't going to be no fan of Andy right? This sort of instant hit like mm-hmm. that everybody enjoys that to grow as an artist, you're going to have to make mistakes along the way. And there's going to be work that isn't as well received. And maybe just maybe that work will be some of the work you're most proud of. And then that's yeah. going to be devastating, but understanding that it's all part of the journey, right? That you have to keep making what you want to make, what you feel like you need to make. And what the way other people view it, well, that's really up to them. You have no control over that. Mm-hmm. And, and, I hope that you will continue to be brave as an artist in that way, because guess what? You didn't know what you were doing with no fan of Andy and you did it. I mean, you kind you knew what you were doing. I, I think that's, that's kind of yeah, obvious, but like you were, entirely. yeah, but you were learning, right. You yes. were learning along the way. And, and that's not what people see. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, you, there's going to be trouble right along the mm-hmm. way. And that's part of your growth. And I think that's, what's so cool about being at a school like NYU, you talk so much about the community and learning from and embracing the other people around you. What has, what, what is the impact of networking and what is the networking scene? Like, like how do you meet people there? Is it just through classes or, you know, what has that impact been like on you? Sure. I mean, I think, um, 
you just have to go out and, and try to say like, this is what I can do. This is what I'm not so good at doing. And, um, I'd love to learn. I mean, I got really into script supervising, um, this semester and it was because someone asked me if I could do it. And I said, not really. <laughs> they said, do you want to try anyway? And I was like, yeah. Um, stuff like that. I mean, being honest about what you can do. And, and sometimes there is a bit of that, like, uh, fake it till you make it. You just, but I think that's more about like faking that confidence. I'll, I'll go out and I'll, um, I'll just try to, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of how I, um, how confident I've become on sets. The first set that I was on, not at NYU, I cried. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud why? of where Tell I'm me from. why, why did you cry? you just, you didn't know what you were doing. You were overwhelmed. I, like, I, was, what? I mean, um, you I wanted to be a better doing. version of yourself. Like what? Yeah. Um, it was, it was an experience where I, uh, it, it was like, um, we were being evaluated for how good we were. It was after I had made no fan of Andy and I was brought to this like really incredible, um, it was an incredible opportunity, this incredible experience, but we were being further evaluated on like, what, how, how good of a filmmaker are you? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So they had us like direct, they had us do all these things. My actor walked off set when I was directing cause he got overheated and um, they were like, go get your actor. And I had to run after him and, and um, I was holding the lenses wrong. And I was just, it was just very overwhelming. Um, and, but if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't be so okay with just diving in now um, because I kind of had that like nightmare experience of, yeah. of what it could be. Um, it's, it's like you showed up like to a, a job site with a toolbox and realized mm-hmm. when you actually needed a bunch of tools that you didn't have them. Yeah. Right. And it's, but that's, makes you then, okay, well, what tools do I need? What do I, you know, I have a pretty good screwdriver, but my hammer, I could really upgrade here. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's gross. Yeah. I've Um, been using a little quarter instead of a flathead. Like it works, but (laughs) everybody does, Yeah, you know, but like just, just stuff like that. Um, yeah. And and it is about like that losing the ego. Um, I think I cried because I had a lot of, a lot of pride about like, sure. And then you um, realize, I don't maybe deserve this quite so much yet. Or, yeah, yeah and that's a really scary yeah. feeling. That's really mm-hmm. scary um, to feel like, you know, like the emperor has no clothes. It's like, oh, I, everyone knows that I don't deserve this. Um, but coming here, um, I've been able to really just, just try to learn and to go, go for it and to be totally honest about what I, what I know and I don't know. And I've that's learned awesome. so much through that. Yeah, that's awesome. I can feel it. And I just think that in order to be yourself, you have to be, you have to understand humility. And like, mm-hmm. like, for example, I don't, every time I come into one of these podcast interviews, this is like season four, I've done like 40 of them. I'm terrified, right? Yeah, because it's, it's the unknown. You don't know where the conversation is going to go. You don't know if you're going to sort of be on your game and have all the right like angles. And, but I think that also helps me be really honest and I hope that people appreciate that, you know, like I, I'm not saying that I'm great at this, but I know that I want to have this conversation and that yeah. this conversation is important and I'm going to give it my best shot, you know, I can really feel um, that. and then as you go, hopefully that kind of stuff comes through and it helps you grow and you actually do develop a skill set, you know, to an extent, um, man, I, 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 it's been, it's a crazy journey that you've had in, in just a few <laughs> years. Um, I'm curious, like, do you have specific influences? Are, are you a, a student of film in, in ways beyond just producing it? Um, mm. Are there influences, other storytellers who you really admire or who you feel maybe have sort of shaped a little bit of the direction in, the, in this very interesting sort of style that, that you've honed in on? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, when I when I first started making things, my influences were really like a lot of sketch comedy, a lot of, um, DIY kind of like very low budget things. And it was only after that, that I realized, and that was when I realized that I could call my things films, first of all. Right. Sure. There was a whole world of film and I, I just, I jumped into it and I I consumed as much of it as I could. And I, 
I don't think there's like one or two things that stand out to me, but I, I, I take little pieces of everything that I, I watch. Um, when you were watching those things, those just mm-hmm. like sort of snippets and, and things, and I, I think we all kind of understand what you're talking about. Were you like just watching them as entertainment or were you an active viewer? Were you really like, because there's, there's all different ways to watch something. Right. Right. And I I always wonder, like, is it just sort of sinking in or were you conscious of the beats? Were you conscious of how to craft witty dialogue and and these things that you are quite good at? Like, were you you. studying or were you just sort of soaking it in? I think I was studying. Um, after I realized that I, that's something that I could do, I started studying. Um, I think where the dialogue came from for No Fan of Andy is from my experience in theater. Um, I, I've read a lot of plays. I've, I've acted in a lot of things, um, you know, like improv, like all of these, all of these little things. I think there's so much. And, and I, I know people know this. This is why a lot of people love film is because it's, it's, it's this giant monster full of, oh God, the image in my mind is everything. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's a, it's a terrifying it's, monster with a, a chicken wing and a, and a, like a tail from a dragon. It's like, it's full of, it's full of painting. It's full of poems. It's full of every other type of art. Um, and so when I am coming up with an idea, I'll read poems and I'll, I'll look at, I'll look at like performance art and I, I just try to consume as much as I can, even away from film. Um, so I think that my experience in theater, my experience with plays gave me that foundation. Mm. I couldn't agree more with your description of, of sort of what film is, if, <laughs> if there's ever a way to do it. But that is what I love about it also, that it brings, yeah. it's impossible. Anything I say could be contradicted, but I think it's impossible that to make a film and not be conscious of all of the artistic mediums and mm-hmm. disciplines, right? I mean, because music is going to make it better. Imagery is going to make it better. Performance is going to make it better. And I love that about it. And when someone is able to sort of bring all of those elements together in harmony, that's what the real magic is, yes. you know? Yeah. And it's, it, and I think that's just what I love about it. Cause I love all of the other disciplines and here's this place where they all come together in one spot, like magically when it works. Um, so cool that, that, that you recognize that as well. And that we have that admiration. I was going to say, I'm so glad we can geek out on, <laughs> it, oh, on I, that together. I, we could geek out for, forever about yeah. it. Um, so what are your goals moving forward? You know, what, what kind of artist do you maybe want to become or, or where do you, where do you want to go? Obviously you're, going into your second year at NYU. So you have a, a lot of time to think about these things, mm-hmm. but do you have like specific goals and, and maybe a direction that you want to go, things that you want to improve upon, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to continue improving upon my writing. Um, I, that's something that I think when it comes easy, it comes easy, but sometimes it's, it's really difficult. Um, it's really hard to make things sound like <laughs> like they just sprung from your mind. I, and I, I sometimes wonder like, why did no fan of Andy work so well? Maybe it was because I just, I just sat down and I just like did it. And I wasn't thinking so hard about it. Um, I think, yeah, finding that is almost that like the naivete that helped me a lot in that. Um, yeah. And that's when the pressure's off when you're just going. And that's so hard though, to be consistent with. Sure. Yeah. It stops a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Consistency. I mean, I'm, I, that's what I think is a big goal of mine. I want to be always exercising uh, my creativity. I want to let go of the ego that I do have still and be able to make things and put them out there for people to see. And um, I just want to be prolific, even if things aren't perfect. Um, be able to balance the patience and the, and not being a perfectionist and just, and then to just keep moving forward and keep making things. That's what I want to do. Do you plan on continuing to act as much as you have Mm -hmm. in the past? Or is that sort of like, you know, I, I took, um, a class this year that was about directing the actor and we got turns to, we got to take turns and go up and act. And I loved it. Oh my gosh. Like I haven't acted in so long. I would love to. I would love to get back into that. Um, but I, w- if- I meant to ask that earlier in the conversation. I'm glad you just said that because yeah. I think it's really important as someone who has so much experience acting and then sort of moved into film. Did 
how did your experience as an actor help you as a director, as a writer? You know, what, what was that yeah. progression like? I think acting is so much like writing. It's so much like writing. It's, it's about doing something over and over again and, and doing it until it feels right. It's when, when I talk about it feeling right, like I, I, I don't know if you can see, like, I'm, I'm like holding my Physical. chest for some reason, like it, it, I can feel it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, it's, it's all about iteration. It's all about letting go of your pride and, uh, and becoming someone, right? Um, and when you're directing, you're becoming many, many people, right? So I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about with, with acting and writing and directing, but for some reason, I feel like they're all just so linked. And if I'm going to mm-hmm. keep directing, I'm never going to stop acting. If I'm going to keep writing, I'm never going to stop acting. That's great. Um, what's my next question? I like that answer. I got distracted. Um, oh, that was it. How did your experience as an actor help you direct a film? Maybe I wasn't supposed to ask it earlier. It was, um, we already talked about All American. I, I really appreciate that it was meaningful for you. I, it's devastating to me to know that it was in 2020 and that, you know, it was a virtual experience because I think it all worked out for you in the end. You ended up back in New York, but being in New York and being celebrated in New York, I think would have been incredibly special for you. And then sort of just even further proof that this is sort of where you wanted to be to continue your development. Um, it breaks my heart, but you seem to have come out of it unscathed and we are incredibly grateful for your film. No fan of Andy. Um, are you working on anything? You're, you're, are you going back home to, to Oregon for the summer? I am. Yeah. Do you have any plans to work on anything there? I have some of those friends that I made through that process so that I'm going to just, we're just going to see what happens. I think we're going to take the pressure off and allow the summer to just tell us where we're going to go. Um, but I'm always working on, I'm always thinking about stories. I'm always working on things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I am incredibly excited to see whatever it is that comes next. If you have like links or anything, even if you don't want to share them with everyone, please share them with me. I would love <laughs> to hear some of these cool projects that you worked on. Um, and I, I know that the sky is the limit for, for whatever you do uh, moving forward. I, I, I really believe that. Um, I do want to ask you um, before we wrap up, if there is anything, well, well first of all, I want to say, I didn't know you were in New York and now you're leaving for the summer, but when you come back in the fall, can we please, can we connect for like a coffee or something? I would love to. I would love that, that would be, more than anything. Yeah. That would be amazing. And maybe we can even have you to the festival. I mean, you're, you're in the neighborhood, so yes. to speak. So yes. maybe we can figure something out there too. Um, at the end of every episode, I'd like to ask my guests um, to leave our listeners with some recommendations of films that maybe are on your playlist, mm-hmm. music that's on your playlist, you mentioned so many different artistic disciplines that I don't care if it's poetry or an essay that you read. Um, I do this selfishly because I'd like to then check out the stuff that my guests yeah. recommend, but I hope other people will as well. And I think it just helps give us an even more well-rounded picture um, of who you are as an artist and who you are as a person. So anything that you've seen recently or that you've listened to, what are you, what are you checking out right now? Okay, wait, before I answer this, I want to look up her name. I don't want to say it wrong, okay? Okay, you got it. I said your name wrong, and it's To-Mi-Zawa. <laughs> it is To-Mi-Zawa. To. The Toe, I would have never gotten it right to. if you didn't do the Toe. To. Yeah. Right, I know. Um, okay, then I remember, so. oh, it's me, not me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> To-Mi. Yeah, it's like to a deer. Um, what does that name mean? Is there like a meaning behind oh it? Oh my gosh, know? okay. Yeah. Um, it sounds my, like super intense. That's my, why I'm asking. <laughs> My name means olive, like it's olive tree. It's, oh, it's kind great. of like obvious, um, but yeah. My, my uncle who did like a lot of research on our family said that I have an ancestor who was a samurai and he was like bequeathed with this name, Tomizawa. And it means, it means fertile swamp, which I think is hilarious. Um, and I'm, I'm saying it in a cruder way than it is. I'm sure it's like, you know, like. Uh, right, that's actually kind fields, of awesome. It's like, it's, you know, sure. plentiful rice fields. But I love just thinking that I'm like, eh, it's Fertile a, a fertilizer on the ground. Um, it's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad I asked. I actually live like, I'm not like in a swamp, but there's a swamp <laughs> marshland behind my house. And it is an absolute blessing, especially this time of year mm-hmm. in New York. I, everything comes to life. The sounds and songs of birds, yeah. the frogs, just 
you know, everything coming through and using this resource literally to, to come alive in the spring. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's, it's so weird that you mentioned that because I'm very consciously aware of what a fertile swamp can mean. And I am incredibly grateful for the beauty it brings. Um, mm, so that makes me a so name happy. to be proud of. Very yeah, cool. Samurai. Yes, I know. Okay. So let me answer this question. Okay. Um, I, I just have been, I've been reading, um, a series of short st- or sorry, I've been reading a collection of short stories, um, by the novelist Sayaka Murata. Um, she writes the strangest things. There's, um, a, a story in it about, um, (laughs) about a couple that's getting married and they live in a world where when you die, everything, like your body parts are used to make things. They're used to make chandeliers out of fingernails. They're used to make like, uh, uh, tables out of femurs and, and the man and the, the, the groom to be is weirded out and his, fiance is confused. And she's like, what? Something is a little wrong with you. Why is this strange for you? And I, I just love how Murata like creates these worlds where something, where she asks us to question what is normal. Um, what we see as, uh, as strange and what we see as gross or, or evil. Um, and I absolutely love that. Yeah. So that's what, that's something that I've been reading recently. It's on my list. That sounds amazing. And I imagine her stories beyond this one are sort of equally interesting and different. Yes. Yeah. I love that strange stuff. (laughs) Your style has emerged. Um, And I I don't know that I would have, I don't know that I would have thought that. I I might've thought maybe a a little bit more of an innocent perspective, but it makes a lot of sense and it gives you even more potential for what I called a limitless ceiling earlier. And I have no doubt will be true. Kai, what an amazing conversation. I'm so glad I finally got to meet the person behind the film. Um, I want to thank you for an insightful glimpse into your experiences and motivations as a storyteller. Of course, I encourage all of you to check out links to Kai's impressive body of work in the description. And thanks to all of you for tuning in and joining us. I remind you that this is just one of many in-depth conversations with the future of film. You can go to hsfilmfest.com for more information on the All-American High School Film Festival. And of course, please share and subscribe across all platforms to support our important community of artists, artists just like Kai, who was an absolute pleasure to have as a guest today. Kai, thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. This was a pleasure. Thank you. See everyone next time. Kai, safe travels back to Oregon. Thank you. (laughs) 